taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. One bow in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this great day. You truly are the one who brought the sunshine into our lives. We thank you, we thank you. We thank you that you have brought us into another week. Uh, the start of it that was never promised to us, but you, through your grace, mercy, and providence, have allowed us to see another week. And for that, we are grateful. I pray that you will energize us by your Holy Spirit to do all those things that you have called us to do this week. We do not have the strength on our own, but it is in you that we live and move and have our very being. And so we pray in the name of Jesus that you will animate us to do what you will have us to do. We pray for strength for the journey. I pray now that the preaching moment is at hand, that you will preach through me to these, your people, in a way that is real and relevant, that is helpful to them, that helps them leave here better than they were when they came. I pray that as you preach through me, that you'll also preach to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. One more time, praise God for this band. Amen. It's such a blessing, Brandy, to have uh, you here today. So glad that you were in town. So Brandy is actually a part of the Sunday service choir. And this happened that she was in Chicago this week and was able to join us. So praise God for, for her. Amen. I want to jump into... Um, I want to jump into the Psalms, but I'll go straight into the sermon and then I'll read the, read the scripture in just a moment. Uh, the tag of this sermon is, Who Can I Run To? Who Can I Run To? I want to send condolences and prayers to the families of uh, those individuals who were victims of a racist hate crime yesterday in Buffalo, New York. I want to send prayers and condolences to their families, their friends and all those that are part of their communities and those that are grieving around the world as, uh, as what racism and white supremacy continues to rear its, its ugly head. And um, so let, let's jump into the word. In their 1995 hit single titled, Who Can I Run To? Escape raised the challenge that people face when raising, when trying to find an antidote to loneliness when they are trying to find real love. They point out that there is an emptiness, a void, an open space that is felt in a real way that can only be resolved by someone coming along to fill that void. Hence, in the song that Escape sings, they raise the question, who can I run to when I need love? This feeling, this query, is not only a relevant one as it relates to those who experience the void created by loneliness. But may I also suggest to you that this feeling and query is also relevant to those who live through the trauma that can come along with living in black and brown bodies. I don't need to call the role of recent events. I don't need to trigger you this morning. But you and I both know that we face times particularly like the current ones 
where we have had where we feel like we are not safe in our own bodies. We feel like we are not safe in our own neighborhoods. We are not safe in our homes. We are not safe in the country of our birth. And thus it seems that there is literally nowhere to go. And so we are left with this question. We are left with this feeling. Where can I run to? Who can I run to? Who can I run to to find safety, to find solace, to find belongings, to find hope, to find acceptance just as I am in my body, in my skin? Who can I run to? I want to submit to you this morning that thousands of years have passed. But but your question and my question was also the question on the mind of the psalmist. I like to think that the psalmist imagines this query and sits down with pen and parchment to write some words in reflection that brought him life and hope. And I believe that it is that it offers us also life and hope this morning for those of us that are wondering who can I run to. The psalmist write in Psalm 46, our passage for today, Psalm 46, verse starting at verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes war cease to, to, to the end of the earth, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear, he burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. I want to talk for a few moments about the psalmist's reflections about God. In hopes that this morning it will offer some hope for those who, like me, are grappling, whether it is with matters of the loss of hope or feelings of rejection or feelings of fear or feelings of worry or feelings of anxiety or feelings of danger. So the first thing that I see in the text is that the psalmist says that God is a place to run. The psalmist says in verse number one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, by way of context, I do not know what are the circumstances that led to the psalmist to write these words, that they are written by the sons of Korah for the choir master. And so literally, this is written, written as a song for the people of God to sing in a choir format. But though we do not know the circumstances, I think that it leaves room for our imagination. Perhaps the psalmist had seen some days of oppression. Perhaps the psalmist had seen warfare break out. Perhaps the psalmist had, had struggled with the cloud of negative thoughts that had entered into their own imaginations, tearing down their own sense of self-worth or creating senses of self-doubt or causing them to fear or causing them to worry. Perhaps the psalmist had enemies that were obsessed with undermining their existence. 
Perhaps it wasn't one thing or another, but maybe it was like how some of you have showed up this morning, where it's not one thing or another, it's one thing and another. It is perhaps this, the psalmists are recalling a time when their backs were against the wall, when pressure seemed to be mounting from every side. It seemed like they could not get a break. And just when they were at the breaking point, the still small voice of God gave them this reassurance. I got you. I care for you. Yeah, yeah others may be against you, but I am for you. And in reflection on God's presence and God's reassurance in their lives, they wrote, they sat down and wrote these words. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. I want to say to you this morning that I'm glad that they wrote these words because in this black body I have experienced some days of trouble. The thousand cuts of microaggressions. Trouble. Millions of messages purporting my inferiority. Trouble. Uh, Trauma-induced movies and videos everywhere. I think I'm on the Netflix black body trauma porn algorithm or something. Everywhere I look, trouble. In this black body, I have experienced trouble, but not only have I experienced in this black body, but also I have experienced trouble in this pandemic living body. Trouble and stress and anxiety and fear and confusion and worry and doubt. And sometimes all of these emotions in the same day, in the same 24-hour period. But the psalmist gives me reassurance by suggesting that they and I and you are not the only ones that are acquainted with trouble. But there's also someone who specializes in trouble. In fact, they say that this one who specializes in trouble is a very present help or literally a well-proven help in the time of trouble. In essence, they offer to us that God is a place to run when we are in trouble. Yeah, effectively, they are saying that God is like home base when you were a kid playing a game of it. That, that God is that place where you can run to, that God is a refuge and strength. And may I suggest to you that as it seems that this world will not cease to trouble us, that we are going to have to return to our roots and to our faith and to practice those things that kept our ancestors over the hundreds of years. Yeah, it's that stuff of leaning and depending on God. As systems around us fail and the things that we have come to rely on fail, as jobs fail, as economies fail, as a dollar fails, as the things that we have placed our hope in fail, it is placing our hope in God. Yet some of us are going to have to develop a grandmama and granddaddy kind of faith. A grandmama and granddaddy kind of dependence and relationship with God to find safety and solace in God. So not only does the psalmist reflect and say that God is a place to run, but secondly, God is an ally. Now many people throw that word ally around. 
Many people apply it to themselves, and some try to give their best effort to live up to this notion of ally. We've got some good allies, we've got some bad ones. But the good news to you today is that we have an eternal ally who is on our side. An eternal ally that is always consistent, that is always powerful, that works miracles, and that is stronger than those who would make themselves our enemies, who gets us, who knows us, who doesn't stumble or fall, and who neither slumbers nor sleeps. The psalmist says in verse number seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Then they pick it up again in verse 11 and say, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And again, this word, Selah. I love what comes, this word that comes after verse 7 and after verse 11, that word, Selah. The Selah is essentially a musical instruction. It is an instruction to the choir master that there needs to be a pause. Right there. Yeah, yeah, effectively it is written there to tell the choir to take a breath. Right there. In effect, what he's trying to communicate is that you need to let that verse breathe for a second. Yeah, don't skip over it too quickly. Don't skip over what you said too fast. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let that breathe for a minute. Can I push y'all this morning to just let that breathe that God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. When you're feeling isolated and all alone, let that breathe for a minute. God is with us. When you're feeling like the world is crumbling around you, God is with us. When your back is against the wall, God is with us. When the value of our very lives are questioned, remember that God is with us. That, that is effectively what Dr. James Cone was trying to tell us when he wrote God of the Oppressed. That is what Dr. King was trying to tell us in his speeches when he intimated that we must march, we must protest. He would say nonviolently, not only because it is right, but because he would say God is with us. Let that breathe. Yeah, the one that created the world is with us. The one that made the world is the one that defends us against those who created systems to oppress us. Yes, that God is with us. Let me say to you that in this life, we may have trouble. In this life, we may be persecuted. In this life, we may be robbed of justice, but I've decided that I am going down with God on my side. Yes, and, and, and God, the righteous judge who sees all, who knows all, will ultimately not let Rome go unpunished. God is just even when people are not. Yes, God is an ally. God is on our side. Let that breathe. Let, let me rush to a close lest I keep you too long. Thirdly and finally, what I see in the text is that God is a peacemaker. It says in verse 9, he makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. God burns the chariots 
with fire. The psalmists in their song reflect their belief that God is a peacemaker. They say that God makes war cease, breaks bows, shatters the spears, and burns the chariots. Oh, that we who were made in the image of God would make peace like God. I pray that we hasten a day when we would study war no more, when, when because we have peace with God, we will decide to have peace with each other. When, when, when guns no longer have to be the tools for public safety, when, when tanks don't respond to protests for justice, when war is not the means by which we resolve conflict, when we spend more to educate our kids than to arm our military because we serve a God of peace. As the text says that God is, God is a peacemaker. I wonder how is it that God makes peace? How is it that God makes peace and we live in a war-torn world, a war, a world that cannot seem to be satisfied for too long in moments of peace? I think that it is right in the very text that we use to justify war that God guides us into peace. It is when we recognize the brotherhood, sisterhood, siblinghood in one another, no matter what tribe we come from, what ethnicity we come from, what nation we come from, when we recognize that as Paul says in Galatians that in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek nor male nor female nor slave nor free. If I were pushing that on, I would say straight nor queer. I would push it along and say black nor white nor Latinx nor any other ethnicity, but we are all one in Jesus Christ. And when we grab hold of that that Paul was trying to tell the Galatians. To go to war with one another is to go to war with myself. To go to war with one another is to go to war with my family. God brings us peace through calling us to the gospel of peace. Let me close by saying that for you who today feel dejected, for you who today feel lost or fearful or feel that there is no safe space for your body, you who may be wondering, where can I go? Or who can I run to? I hope the words of Psalm 46 encourage you today. That God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is a very present help in trouble. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. I thank you for reminding us and reassuring us we raise the question, who can we run to? The answer is that you are that hiding place. Thank you for being a place of refuge. Thank you for being someone that we can have confidence, even when our confidence may be torn from us. Thank you that in the midst of continuing to live through the effects of this pandemic, we can find respite, hope, comfort, and strengthen you. I pray, God, that you will keep this ever before our minds as we move throughout our week this week. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.